past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're excited to have you here today and we have a guest with us today to talk about professional presence. And this is Valerie Sokolowski and Valerie, we're so excited to have you here today. Well, I'm excited to be here today and honor you with how many podcasts you have done to date, Marie. That's pretty incredible. 200, right? Yeah, yeah. Today we're celebrating the 200th episode of the show. And um, what a great person to have on to do that. Valerie is kind of literally wrote the book on professional presence. And this is something that many people think they already get, right? I know I need to make a good first impression, you work with a lot of senior and mid-level people, and you find that that's not necessarily the case. Tell us what you see when you work with people that think they already get this. (laughs) Well, I see that the day that we stop learning just put us all under the dirt (laughs) because (laughs) it's the little things that can derail us and oftentimes we don't see those little things that maybe we're doing. So I like to reference a chain link as an example. Now, I live in Dallas, Texas, and I always use the example of if you went out into the North 40 and you're building a a link fence and you want it to be a chain link fence. Well, you're holding this chain and it's made up of little links. If one small link, if one link in that whole chain is weakened, what happens to the entire chain? And everyone gets that, Marie, when the point is it's the little things that often are those derailers that we really don't think about. As an example, there are some words now that according to the um, Lake Superior State University, they come out with overused words, a list of them every year. And I think it's fun to look through these, and I'll share a few of them if that's all right with you, that likely we are still using, and I'll tell you what they say about that. Would that be all right? Oh, yeah, that sounds very interesting. (laughs) I thought it was interesting when I read it. Okay, so one of them is the word like. Now, that has become a little bit of a slang, and I find that in high school, kids use the word like a lot, and even in college, like well and like Marie and well it like it was it was kind of like and like and like it's like a, a reverberating bong of some kind. That's a habit that kids pick up. Leave it in high school. I wish you'd leave it in high school, grade school, maybe toddler. I don't know, but don't carry it into the workplace. And that's exactly what happens. So that's one example. Do you also hear that, Marie? I don't hear like as much from my clients 
even the younger ones, maybe they've figured that out by the time they get to me. One of the things I hear is it's a repetitive phrase and almost everyone has a different one. Some people's it's, isn't that true? Or do you understand? Or so we were talking about this. Mine, mine can be so. I'll listen to some of my radio recordings and think, oh my gosh, I said so like every other word. And it comes when you're unprepared or you're stumbling or whatever happens. And each of us has a different word. I can't remember the other one that used to drive me crazy. I had a colleague that always said the same thing over and over again. And it wasn't something that you would even put on a list of an overused phrase. But we've got to pay attention to our own patterns and be able to catch those things. I went to a class once with a lady that did say, um, and she said, um, probably every third word for half an hour and then gave us a break. And my husband and I went into the break room to get a drink and, and it was a couple's class. And I said, I might have to leave <laughs> because once you've started to focus on it, you just can't not hear it. Well, I think you make a very good point in saying that it doesn't have to even be a one word that maybe is, is overused that everyone overuses it. It can be anything that becomes so habitual that we call it a filler. Mm. So that's, that's really important. Thank you for that. It, it can dis, D-I-S-S, it can dis one's great brand, something as simple as that. I want to mention a couple of more because just I thought it was funny. I pulled up this article for you. So here are some other things that people say. The word multitasking. I thought this was interesting. Studies have shown that multitasking isn't always, of course, the best approach to time management, although many people say I'm great at multitasking, but we know that really that isn't the best, most productive way of getting work done because the brain can can only do so many switches between the synapses or whatever they are. And so because the connotations of the word are changing, the Lake uh, Superior State University is saying, maybe don't use that word so much. Another one is wrap my head around. Mm. <laughs> I had to laugh at that. And what they said was this was a phrase that came from the 20s, 1920s. And, of course, it means it's referring to trying to understand something difficult. But they are saying the general public really is tired of hearing wrap my head around. So, yeah, well, if you've been hearing it since the 20s. <laughs> it's an interesting uh, research, and if anyone is interested, as I've said three times now, Lake Superior State University. You can go online and find their whole list. And it's, it's almost funny to read, but it does make you pause. Well, one of the things I've noticed with speakers, especially female speakers, tend to say, think a lot. I think this, don't you think that? And it really can undermine our credibility, especially as women, when we're always thinking instead of knowing, right? Instead of, uh, in, instead of having that conviction of what we're saying. That's a really good point, Marie. Yes, absolutely. So you either know 
or you don't. That's that's pretty straightforward, and and it's true, isn't it? And it's a phrase that we're just too used to using, and we don't even think we don't even think about it that we're that that's what we're saying. <laughs> well, there you uh, go. Yeah. You know, so I think we're all there. We go. Uh, we are all interested in everyone I've spoken to anyway, interested in just having someone from the outside who studies this sort of thing, which would be you and I and our branding work, bring to the attention of them. And most of the time, your question earlier on is when I'm working with even senior executives, we all have these parts of our persona that our presence, that once we're made aware of them, usually, including me, I will say, oh, thank you for that. I didn't realize that I was doing that or that I was saying that. So a lot of it is how you show up. A lot of that is in your communication, Marie. Well, and we don't want to because if we are too stuck in our own head, then we're going to have some other issues. And, of course, one of our main concerns is networking. What do we say? How can we be comfortable? How can we be confident and have this presence when we go into the room? What are some of your top tips for people when they're going to an event like that to go in the room and and have that presence that they want to have? Mm. Thank you for asking that. Here are actually statistics that say almost everyone is uncomfortable. So if that makes your listeners feel better, I'm glad. And the statistics are New York Times reports that just attending a party with strangers is the number one social fear. And then a doctor, many years ago, a Dr. Bella DiPaolo, and I actually called her uh, to see if she had updated statistics. She said, no, it's the same. She said, she's a social psychologist, and she said that at a party with strangers, 75% of adults experience anxiety, and 40% of all adults have social anxiety, even if they know some of the people attending the event. That says to all of us that it's a bit uncomfortable to walk in a room with presence. You use the word presence, meaning showing up with confidence even, and here's the key, even when we don't feel like it. But I do have some tips, and I'm grateful that you ask them. This is the number one tip that I use when I'm doing workshops. And it's this, to realize and own the fact that you as an individual have such value to offer to someone, anyone, should they take the time to get to know you. And when I say that, I'll look in the audience and it's deer in headlights. So I'll go on to say this, and if your listeners have a piece of paper and pencil, or pen, maybe they can write a few things down. So what I will say to you is, let's just think about the things that you might have of value to someone else that you don't really realize because they're just just who you are. You live in your skin, and you may not even 
see these things or be aware of them. But what about something that has to do with information that you could share with someone? In other words, it's part of branding. What value do you have in terms of information? You may be someone who has a depth of expertise in something. All right? So what are those things? Write those down. What kind of information could you share with others that might be of value? Along that line, Marie, what about your, we used to say Rolodex, I can't say that anymore, but what about the amount of people that you know? Now, this is one a lot of individuals that I've spoken with haven't really thought about. There are a lot of people who know a lot of people. Maybe you're a natural networker and didn't even realize it. And you recognize, though, after I say this, that, hmm, that's interesting, Valerie, because people do come to me when they want to know if I could help them reach out to this person, that person, and whatever. So maybe I hadn't thought about it, but I guess I do have a pretty wide uh, swath of network. So that could be something. It could certainly be as simple as I'm a really good trust friend. When someone gets to know me and they call me my friend or they work with me on a team, I am a totally transparent, trustworthy person. And if it's personal, a good friend. So I I only give them these, you know, two or three examples. And then I stand back, Marie, and I watch how long it takes them, an audience, to put something down on paper. And pretty soon after they've mulled that over just a few minutes with just a few examples, they begin to write. So the point is this. When you make a list of those things that you bring to someone, it gives you that oomph of, well, I do have something I could share. I do have worth. I am a person that could, could bring value to someone else. And when you have that attitude, it can almost help you be a little excited to share yourself with a person in the room. Wow, Valerie, that is powerful. And we're going to let listeners think about that for a moment while we take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. 
compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Every business wants to succeed. Every individual wants to succeed. But with an ever-changing economy, how can you manage to keep things doing so well, even in times of instability? You can. Tune in to Thriving in Uncertainty with host Meredith Elliott Powell. Meredith and her guest experts have the answers you need to keep you ahead of the changing game in business. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Accept the challenge to succeed. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Valerie Sokolowski about presence. And Valerie, you were just making a very important and poignant point about we have something to offer at any event. And I often find this with job seekers specifically, they're going to a networking event and they think of it as I'm going there to get something. I need leads or I need a job, right? And so I'm going to go here and how am I going to have anything to offer? And you just did an excellent job of helping us think about all of the things we do have to offer, information, insight. When you're job seeking, you're in constant research mode. So we may have more to offer than we even think we do and and more to offer than others at the event because they're probably not thinking about this before they go in terms of the the value and the things that they can bring to the table. Now, we aren't going to walk into an event and say, hey, I've got all these great things to offer you. (laughs) Give us some tips in terms of when we walk into an event like this or, or a meeting and there's some small talk before the meeting. What are some of the things that we can say to help break the ice and and build relationships with the people around us? Sure. Well, exactly. Getting into the conversation is probably, again, one of the things most of us suffer from. Um, Let me start out by saying conversation should be, a visual I'll give you, should be like playing tennis. It should be... (laughs) That's the optimal word. It should be a dialogue between each other equally. And by that I mean when you first walk up to someone, obviously you're going to uh, extend your hand usually and say, Hi, I'm Valerie Sokolowski. I'm your speaker for tomorrow's meeting. Something, your name, and something that gives them, Oh, I want to catch the ball. And so I throw the ball to you, Marie. 
Now, here's what's kind of interesting as a side note. If I, in fact, use my full name, I'm Valerie Sokolowski, most people will then repeat, we're like monkeys, <laughs> monkey see, monkey do, will repeat their first and last name back. So just humorously, I'm saying, try this out. If I say I'm Valerie, they'll say, hi, I'm Marie. Okay, so I throw the ball to you, and you would obviously introduce yourself back. Well, where do we go from there? Um, a, a few things that you could say then, depending on where you're at, and whether it's a meeting with uh, your business a conference where everyone is in the same interest industry or not, whether it's all social. If it's something that is a conference, uh, you could say something like, this is my first time. What, what would you suggest that I attend in these workshops? I haven't decided yet. Or tell me what brings you here tonight. That could be just a simple one. It could be something like, tell me about the role you play in your job. Here's something not to ever ask Marie today. Unfortunately, this is not good. To say, well, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. We do that. We do that. And do you know why that's not good anymore? Some people can't answer the question, and answering a question that leaves people uncomfortable, that's my guess anyways, is that if you asked someone who's unemployed or someone who's maybe a stay-at-home mom but doesn't, you know, they're trying to network to get a job, there's a lot of people that wouldn't necessarily be able to answer that question comfortably. That's exactly right. At all levels, there are people who are between, I call them in transitions, meaning they've been rift, their company has let the division go, has nothing to do with them, but you're right, how uncomfortable to have to answer that. And you know what, Marie, once when my husband, I gave up my career for a time being for his, he was with IBM and we were at an event And the people would come up to him and talk to him and hardly notice me. This was all people in the industry. And one person said, what do you do? And at the time, I didn't do anything, quote, unquote. Oh, yes, I did. I was raising three children. I was, like you said, I was a stay-at-home mom. How awkward, though, I felt when I had to figure out what would be the appropriate thing to say. And so I used humor in that case. I said, well, it's kind of interesting. I don't get paid weekly by what I do, but I'm thrilled to say I'm raising our three beautiful children. And that took the pressure off. But I'll bet that person didn't ask that again <laughs> to, to a woman. So the question is, then, what can you say? A better thing to say is, tell me what's keeping you busy these days. Now, that allows the other person to go to a business conversation or not. And you can understand what's important to them and what they want to talk about by what they answer. So as an example, 
if it is, let's say, a very busy executive and you're at a social event and they're tired of talking business, likely that person, and they this happens a lot, they don't want to talk business. They'll say, well, outside of work, I love to, and boy, are you off and running. The tennis ball is going to back and forth and back and forth. You have found what is the whole point of socializing. You have found a connection. You've found something to hang your hat on and take it from there and learn more about the person. And then you can simply say, well, tell me more about that. Or if they've been to a vacation spot, you can get them talking more by saying, how do you suggest I can learn more about that city? So the whole point is, Say something that gets a connection going and stay with that and go deeper to it because you've realized that this person has told you something that's important to them. Now, one other thing I'd like to mention, Marie, and that is the total opposite of playing tennis, where I throw the ball to you and you keep it. And you keep talking. And you keep talking. <laughs> and I yeah, in basketball, we call those ball funny. hogs. I call that whamming. What? W-A-M. What about me? What about me? And I'm going to tell you more about me. And, oh, I am so wonderful. And, oh, my goodness. And I have these ten houses and five cars. And we go all these. Oh, my gosh. I'm making light of it. But I'll bet you that the listeners are experiencing what I experience at many events, and that is someone that just can't quit talking. <laughs> yeah, and that's hard because when we're networking, especially if we're in job search, we think, oh, I need people to know about me. I need them to know what I'm looking for. I need them, you know, I've got my elevator, elevator, elevator pitch down. And we defy all of the rules that you're talking about of good communication when we do that. And, you know, there's a 300-page book on it, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Pretty much the whole book is stop talking about yourself and ask more questions and be interested in people, right? Yes, yes. I think you've just hit on the main thing. If you walk into, well, you can do a, you can do a little pep talk to yourself before you go to something like this that you know you're just a little bit edgy on, you're not just a, a natural socializer, and I don't know many who are natural socializers, but you can say to yourself, and I mean this, gee, wouldn't it be nice if I could find someone that would be a gem and I would be so glad that I took the time to meet that person? Well, where do you find a gem? Probably someone who is as uncomfortable as you are standing at the wall. We used to say the wallflower. And they would be thrilled if you would be the one to walk over to them because they're not going to come over to you and begin a conversation. And I've got a quick story for you on that because I, it happened to my husband and I. When we went to Napa Valley, there was a beautiful uh, dinner at a winery for Valentine's Day. And my husband and I flew out there to attend it. We knew it would be just fabulous. And when we walked into this big room, there was a man standing over in the corner 
who was a short man. He had one leg that was considerably shorter than the other so that even standing he was kind of lopsided and a bit overweight and no one was talking with him or going over to him. And so we did. Well, that gentleman happened to have a wine cellar of a thousand fabulous wines. We found out. He asked us to sit with him at the dinner. We did. And he said at the end of the dinner, by the way, what are you and your husband doing tomorrow? What wineries are we go- Are you going to? And we said, well, we thought we'd start here, there, and yon. And he said, would you like to join me on my private tours? <laughs> Did we find a gem or what? Yeah, yeah, you never know when you rock out and you take an opportunity to meet someone. So, Valerie, how can people stay connected to you and and share with us how they can listen to your podcast? Thank you for asking. I'd love for them to do that. We both like to have people listen to us, don't we? They can go to my website, which is my name, the Valerie, ValerieAndCompany.com, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, all spelled out, and company, ValerieAndCompany.com forward slash podcast. And I'd also like to share with your audience that it would be delightful if they would like to sign up for my monthly, and that's not very often, is it? I have a monthly uh, newsletter, Marie, called Valerie's Voice, and I make them short and pithy and have just quick tips, kind of like we've talked about today. So it's all there at ValerieMCompany.com, and thank you for asking. Yes. So listeners, if you're here, I just want to share with you that we are sponsored today by the U.S. Career Institute and the U.S. Career Institute has training so that if you're looking for a new career or some extra cash, they can help you prepare for a new career. And they have been doing this for 35 years, helping people prepare for legitimate work at home job opportunities in the healthcare industry, medical coding and billing, creating reports for doctors. You can be your own boss, choose your own hours, and you can do it online. And you can do this program in as little as four months. So you study from home at your own pace and get the opportunity to join this new growing career in the healthcare industry. So you can get the free facts on the program. Visit workfordoctors.com backslash career. So workfordoctors.com backslash career. And if you enroll with the code CAREER, C-A-R-E-E-R, by Monday, October 7th, then you get 25% off your tuition. So you can get the details and and the fine print there at workfordoctors.com backslash career. And again, you want to enroll with the code CAREER. We're going to come back here on the career confidant and dive back into what makes good personal presence but we are going to say goodbye to Valerie so Valerie thank you so much for joining us here today on the career confidant thank you so much for having me and I wish you continued successes Marie thank you and we'll be right back here on the career confidant business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Valerie Sokolowski. And as she said, you can find her at ValerieAndCompany.com. She also has a podcast called Doing It Right, The Stories That Make Us, where she talks to leaders and tells their stories, really weaving in all of the leadership lessons that will help us throughout the lifespan of our careers. And um, it's a very fun podcast if you are listening and you must be so (laughs) if you're into podcasts check hers out doing it right the stories that make us now she was talking about presence and this is something where we want to make a good impression we want to stand out to people we want to be able to have influence or perhaps we just want to not be the wallflower at the networking event we want to figure out how do you walk in and kind of own some space so that you can feel more comfortable and confident and have good conversations while you're there. This is the challenge for all of us. And as Valerie said, data shows that all of us are going to events like this. So one of the best things that you can do for yourself and actually for other people who are there is to be that instigator, to be the person who will start a conversation. Because most of the time, that's the hardest part for everyone. And it doesn't have to be rocket science. It's, as Valerie said, you walk up to someone and you introduce yourself, introducing yourself with your first and last name, 
one of my colleagues, Laura Lobovich, um, taught me to introduce myself with my first and last name and to say my first name twice. That way it's easier for people to remember. So hello, my name is Marie, Marie Zimanoff. Then people get the full name, which is important because if you're going to go back later and try to connect with someone on LinkedIn, let's say, because they didn't have a business card or whatever it might be, if you only get their first name, that's going to be really hard to find them. But if you get their full name, you'll have a better chance. Hopefully you'll learn something else about them and and hopefully you will get more opportunity than just having to remember their name. But if you get that full name, it's much easier to connect later if you, for some reason, don't get some contact information. And it just, it flows nicely, right? So when we think about introducing ourselves and as Valerie said, then what? Then what do we do? Well, let's ask a question that most people can answer that will engage in a conversation. The easy ones to start with, kind of why are you here? What are you looking to get out of it? What sessions would you recommend? Asking for advice, especially if it's an an event where you know that most people will probably have been there before. If you ask someone what sessions would you recommend and they haven't been there before, then maybe you can commiserate that it's both of your first times and, and you can take a different direction. Asking questions that people may not be able to answer, like what do you do? Those, those types of questions box people in. I love the question that Valerie suggested. What are you spending your time on right now? What's keeping you busy? That gives people the opportunity to choose their own adventure, if you will, and choose their own direction. If they want to talk family, they can talk family. If they want to talk sports, they can talk sports. If they want to talk business, they can talk business. And you can match them where they're at and connect with them at their level, which is really what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to build a relationship. And if we direct the conversation too much, then we're not going to be able to do that very well. We're going to have the the baton in our hands and maybe not learn what's really important to them, which means that then we're not going to have a good connection. Relationship and connection are our goals. We want to have some kind of connection with people, not just have them know about us, which oftentimes our mind can go to, what am I going to say about me? You know, what's my elevator pitch? It's important to know how we want to answer questions and to think about, as Valerie started out her presentation, what are we going to to offer? What are we going to bring of value? But that's not necessarily meaning that we're directing the conversation. It's just how are we going to be able to volley the conversation back and forth? So when I think about networking, I like to put two things together that I learned. One was also from my colleague, Laura Lobovich, who talks about having a five-year-old smile. And when you go in and you're nervous, people can tell that you're nervous. When you go in and you're confident, even if you're kind of faking it, people can't really tell. You go in with that five-year-old smile. I'm going to be happy to meet some new people. For those of us who are introverts, your insides are going, no, I'm not happy to meet new people, right? I don't want to. I don't want to. But we can do it. We can be there and we can be happy to meet some new people because otherwise we just shouldn't go. So I'm there, I'd be happy to meet some new people, and I'm going to put on that five-year-old smile and just be interested and genuinely curious and excited to meet some new people. Then I'm going to have my three seconds of courage, and I got that from a lady that was giving an etiquette presentation at a 
Colorado State University etiquette event years and years ago. So I put the two together that I need three seconds of courage and a five-year-old smile. And I'll say that to myself before I go into an event so that I can remember that I can take the lead in this way of going in and, and making someone else feel comfortable by instigating the conversation. And for me as an introvert and as a helping professional, that mindset around it really helps me. I'm helping someone else out by doing it this way because then they don't have to take the initiative and I can do it, right? It's three seconds. I I can do it. One of my colleagues, Kyle Elliott, was writing the other day, yesterday maybe, about confidence on LinkedIn and how we often kind of wait for other people to give us confidence I'll be confident when other people say I look good or when people accept me. To me, it sounds a lot like the conversation we have about happiness. It's kind of this light bulb went off when I learned that happiness is a choice, right? You choose whether or not you want to be happy. Yes, bad things happen to us. And yet we get to choose every day, every moment. Sometimes we have to choose every moment that we're going to be happy. And that's that's what we get to choose. And when I think about confidence the same way, that confidence is something that you choose. You choose to be confident or not. It doesn't really matter what other people say about you, what other people think about you. You are choosing whether you're going to be confident or not. And we have seen this. You've seen those people that are wearing clothes that you would never wear. Their shorts are really short, and you're thinking, how in the world is that person wearing that and so confident? Because how you look in the outfit has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not you can be confident in it. That's your decision. If you're going to be confident or not is completely up to you. And how lovely is that? Because there's not very many things in our lives sometimes that are up to us. But this is whether you want to be happy or not up to you, you get to choose it. And whether you're going to be confident or not, or not up to you, you can choose it. You may have seen the kind of Amy Cuddy, I may have her last name wrong, but she did the power pose. And if you stand like Wonder Woman, it was supposed to have some physiological elements of it that made you feel more powerful. And then, of course, the scientists had to come in and say, oh, there's no science behind that this pose helps you feel more confident. Well, I don't care what the science says. If doing some kind of pose or my little pep talk of three seconds of courage and five-year-old smile, whatever it is that helps you feel more confident, is probably going to work because it's all a placebo effect anyways, because you get to choose if you're confident or not. So when you walk into an event, that's where your head has to be. You've prepared, you've thought about what is it that I'm going to give and what am I going to get or what do I want to know? What questions am I going to ask? I can share my questions in a curious and authentic way while still having some kind of purpose behind them. If I want to know if there are people there that are from my target companies, I can ask those questions. I just have to be you know, careful about the way that I approach it. It gives me an opportunity to be prepared and yet with that confidence and with knowing what questions to ask to get the thing started, to get the volley started, to have people feel comfortable, I can ease my way into maybe the things I want to know while I'm having a good conversation with someone because I've asked those great questions at the beginning. We're going to take another short break and when we come back, 
talk about some of those other questions that you can ask and how you can show up with presence and everything that you do. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade books music tv communications and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay tune into breaking banks with brett king for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years listen every thursday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific on voice america business channel or on am 1160 the voice you'll never look at your bank account the same again You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to the Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Valerie Sokolowski about presence. And we've talked a bit about what you say and how you start a conversation. I want to go back to this idea of first impressions and visually. This is always a hard thing to wrap our minds around because we so want to not judge or be judged by our physical appearance. We just do. Everyone does. It's how we're made. There was an article in the Greeley newspaper years and years ago about this woman who had been goth when she was in high school or college, had all these tattoos, wore black, had black hair, etc., and um, was in a kind of an accounting job and wanted to move up and had some feedback from someone that to be able to move up, she was going to have to change how she looked. And the story was about her grappling with that. And was it okay? Did it change who she was? Was it just playing the game? All those questions that pop in when we think about changing how we look. And she did. And she got a promotion. And she realized all of that stuff wasn't who she was. For some of us, we might feel differently And that's a journey we all have to take for ourselves. And we are kidding ourselves if we think we how we look doesn't matter. 
doesn't mean we have to change how we look. We might change where we work. Maybe if she went to work at a different type of company, they wouldn't care. And we have to be realistic about how the pieces fall together, how this works. We all judge people by how they look. Even when we're aware of our biases and we're thinking about it, it's just how our brains work. This is safe versus unsafe. And our grown the way we've grown up has taught us what those things mean. And it's going to be very different for different people. But a lot of the times we can figure out what professional is. It doesn't have to be look like everyone else. It doesn't have to be, you know, no tattoos, no piercings, not, not a, that. A, a lot of those things have become folded into the professional dress code, if you will. And how we appear does matter. I've had people coming to our door here at my house um, fairly consistency, consistently over the last few months to try to spray for bugs and cut our lawn. And I, I don't know why we seem to be in this high traffic area of people coming to the door to try to sell us things. And the people that, unfortunately, their company has set them up poorly because they're wearing these bright yellow vests and they must not have to wear any kind of branded clothing. But it's hard for me to take you seriously when you come in clothes that, you know, kind of look like you slept in your car and you don't have any kind of company name on you so that I know that you're legit. A few people haven't even had real business cards, like a business card that's connected to a company. It's like, I'm not going to give you my credit card information, right? Then someone comes to the door and they're wearing a shirt with a company logo on it and they've got a a business card and, oh, yeah, they've got the, you know, kind of technology iPad that they can sign you up. It's just much more comfortable to do business with someone that looks like you would expect someone to be doing business with. And those looks do matter. And that first impression happens so quickly I remember when I was first starting my business and uh, someone just was kind of pointing out that it's almost my anniversary here. I'll be celebrating 11 years of leaving the university. And when I first started my business, I went to coffee with a gentleman who had been working at Hewlett Packard and then he'd started his own consulting company probably 15, 20 years before we were meeting at that point 11 years ago. And Fortunately, because I'd worked at the university or I don't know, whatever, I happen to have a pretty good professional presence when I met with him and he was impressed. And to me, it seemed like such an easy, simple thing to be prepared, to be dressed somewhat professionally. I was never a big, you know, dress up type of person. I worked at a university that was pretty low key. So I wasn't wearing a, a suit or a dress or anything, but I was dressed cleanly, if you will, and fairly articulate in terms of what I wanted and being able to ask him questions. One would hope so since this is the field I'm in, right? But that doesn't, it didn't always happen for me. In this conversation, it went well. I was articulate, I was prepared, and, and he was surprised. He was very encouraging that because I 
had done some very small things well, he was willing to help me out and to partner with me and to share things. And I was really surprised that someone with that much experience and that had been around that long was that impressed just by these very little things. It's kind of encouraging that it really doesn't take having a certain degree or a certain amount of experience or any of those bars we might set up in front of ourselves. If you're prepared, you're articulate, and you're thoughtful about how you look, your, your presence, you can make a good impression fairly easily. It's important for us to know that and to think about it and to realize that our first impression does happen quickly and it's hard to win it back, if you will. It's hard for people to get to know you well enough that they'll overcome some of those things. And anybody can do this. Anybody can think about it this way. I used to teach gentlemen who were in a, in a program where they violated their parole and so they were back into the halfway house. And this is one of the main things we would talk about was changing their appearance, changing who they were. That was important to them. Their identity was important to them. And I'd always talk about it in terms of what do they do when they go to their grandma's house or if they were going to church with their grandma because most of us have something in our lives that's like that where you have to be out of your element a little bit for a little while to show respect to whoever it is that you're going there with or hanging out with. And what if going into this professional arena was similar to that, that you're showing the same kind of respect that you would when you're going to church with grandma. And it wasn't changing who you were. It was simply adjusting appropriately for the situation. And a powerful lesson for all of us to think about who we are and that who we are matters so much. And how can we still be who we are while still adapting to the professional situation that we're in and making sure that we allow an opportunity for connection to the people that we'll meet. If you're in a meeting at your company or you're going to a networking event, that's our number one goal, to build a connection with those people that we're going to meet so that we can work together to do what we need to do. And for us individually, that that means having some presence while we're there and being able to build that connection while also gaining some influence by showing that we can do what we say we'll do, that we have that credibility, that likability, and the opportunity to, to build that connection so that people give us a chance to do what we want to do. So as you're walking into your next interview, your next networking event, maybe you'll be thinking three seconds of courage, five-year-old smile, and hopefully before you've gone, you've thought about what it is that you have to give based on Valerie's points this earlier in the show. You have something to give, knowing what that is, maybe based on the event that you're going to as well. And then what is it that you want to take away? How are you going to measure success? It isn't by how many business cards you walk out with. 
unless you're a really extroverted person, that's probably a bad goal to set for yourself. And even then, if you have 10 business cards, what are you going to do with those? What's the next step? What are you hoping to do with these relationships, to build these connections? And if you're thinking about it and, and trying to set those goals, what if connection and relationship was the goal instead of having some other bigger goal? What if we just started with connection and relationship? We're going to continue on that topic somewhat next week. We're going to have Deb Westcott here talking about emotional intelligence. And with all of the buzz around needing emotional intelligence to advance your career, I'm sure that you'll be listening in to hear from her when we're here back again next week on The Career Confidant. In the meantime, if you have any questions or ideas or thoughts, feel free to send me an email, marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We look forward to seeing you next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 